Welcome to the Thrive and Shine Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Sabrina Orkies. Today, we are discussing, I think, a topic that a lot of people, men and women, have an issue with, and that is body image, body positivity. No matter what your size is, I don't feel that it discriminates. I mean, everyone has an issue with it, and I think that it should be more well known that it is an issue with everyone. My guest today, Catherine Yazzie, she is a huge believer in the body positivity movement. She has not one, but two podcasts. Um, The first one is all, it's geared all around body positivity and loving yourself and accepting yourself for who you are. It was funny because we were talking While on the podcast, we were talking about how it really doesn't, like, you think that you're the only one who feels a certain way, but really it's so many people around you. And so that was her mission in um, starting her podcast was to get these people on her show to discuss what their struggles were, how they made it through it. And um, it really is cool to listen to, and it really does uh, make you realize that you're not alone. But she has a couple of book recommendations, and I'm really excited to read them. I haven't read them yet because I'm trying to read about 5,000 books at the same time. So at some point, I'm going to get to them. But she has a couple of book recommendations. I'll put them in the show notes um, in case you're interested in those, along with her Instagram and her podcast names, because I think it's so needed in our society today. I wish we could all love ourselves the way that we love other people. It would be a much nicer world (laughs) if we didn't have our insecurities and issues around eating and diet culture and all of the things. So, um, and while we're on this topic, I did want to bring up a person that I follow on Instagram. Her name is The Bird's Papaya. If you don't follow her, I highly recommend following her. She doesn't post anything health and fitness related, but she's very much... Um, a big advocate on body image and accepting who you are. And she posts a lot of pictures of her body and of her quote unquote flaws. Um, she does not see them as flaws as many, you know, a lot of other, other people might see them as flaws, but she accepts it. She embraces it and she tries to encourage people around her to do the same thing. Um, also, if you haven't received my copy of Five easy ways to increase your energy today. Please go to my website, www.thriveandshinewellness.org, and get your copy. There are five awesome, easy ways that you can go ahead and start working to increase your energy. You know, we're busy, busy people, constantly on the go, and we really need anything, any little thing that we can do to help that situation is... Um, it's, it's a blessing. So, um, I highly recommend that you go listen to the, or go get your copy of that now. And I hope you all have a great week. Hey, Catherine, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. So you are, um, a leadership coach. And so today you're going to tell us, all of the things about how you got to this point in your life and your experience in your work. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to share. So I know we connected Sabrina and talked about, um, you know, body acceptance and confidence and self-esteem. And 
I like to sort of open it up on the podcast when you can't see me talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a person who grew up in a larger body and I've been, um, you know, plus size, curvy, fat. I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with all those words and kind of reclaiming them <laughs> mm-hmm. as, and, and not being ashamed of who I am. Um, mm-hmm. but that has been a huge part of my own journey and growing up, I really internalized all the messages around, you know, if you are fat, you, you're not beautiful. You shouldn't be seen. You're not going to be successful. People won't like you. And I kind of, you know, really internalized all those messages, but on the outside tried to project this confident facade. And I've always been a people person, always really liked helping people and kind of went in that direction. I was like, I'm going to, (laughs) you know, use my strengths and try to make people like me, even though I'm fat. And, um, after college, I started working in tech and in different startups and was able to grow my career pretty quickly. Um, you know, manage teams, manage big teams, went abroad, like did all these things. And I hit a point in my twenties where I was like, I have all the things I've wanted. Like I hit every single goal that I had for myself, even losing weight at a certain point, because there was definitely, you know, years of up and down going on diets and gaining weight back and going on diets and all, all of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I hit a point where I was like, I've hit all these things and I should be happy, but I'm not, there's still something I haven't dealt with or is just missing. And for me, what I discovered was that I was missing self-love and real, real self-love and that, that foundation of self-worth. And like, I believed in myself and I went out in the world and, you know, again, all, all things considered, like created a successful quote unquote life pretty much, but I didn't really believe that I deserved it. And I struggled once I got to that point of like, oh my God, people, how am I at this point? Like, I'm, I don't know. I just felt like I didn't deserve it. And it get, it gave me a lot of anxiety and depression set in because there was that disconnect between what I was projecting in the world and like how I felt internally. So, <laughs> um, the last three years I've really been on this journey to learn about myself, how to love myself. Um, I've learned a lot about body positivity and, you know, the roots of that movement and how we see that in culture and with diet culture and just, you know, where all these ideas came from that has helped me develop a lot of peace with who I am and feel confident regardless of all the messages that are out there that yes, we're changing those slowly, Mm -hmm. but surely, but it's still, not always easy, you know, to be in a fat body and, and live in our world. Um, so I've been on that journey and last year I, with the, with 2020 and the pandemic, um, the company that I was working at was a restaurant technology company. So restaurants obviously were impacted really hard. Our company was impacted, unfortunately, and I was laid off and it caused me to really reevaluate, you know, what I wanted to do with my life and 
um, I decided to start a podcast called It's Okay to Love Yourself, (laughs) where I I shared my own story for the first time. That was something I always dreamed of doing, but again, never felt, you know, I always was so afraid of being honest about my experiences. And, um, but I, I learned so much from other people and I respected and admired people who were vulnerable. And I was like, I want to do that. And, and something about last year, you know, everything was stripped away and it was like, this is the time if, if not now, then when, and then after that, you know, that helped me build up the confidence to, do some freelancing and become self-employed. And now I'm, I work with clients, um, around leadership and a lot of like the self-leadership around, um, working with your inner critic and confidence and, and really believing that your worth comes from within. It's not from your title. It's not from achieving, um, and really owning that and the impact that that can have on people's lives and the ripple effect that that has. If all of our leaders, imagine if all of our leaders showed up like that, that's, that's what really motivates me and excites me. What are some of the things that some of your clients come to you for? Like what sort of issues do they have? Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I work with folks who have hit a point in their career where they're starting to have those moments. Like I had a couple of years ago, when you start reevaluating, like I've been on this track (laughs) and I've put my head down and I've worked really hard. Um, and I've achieved things and I'm really happy and proud, but like there, you know, maybe I'm missing some balance or I still struggle with confidence, even though, you know, I'm getting this good feedback and I try really hard. Like I think my clients feel like there's something more they can be doing that they're not really getting the resources for at work. And it mm-hmm. makes sense because companies, they want to help you be an effective leader and they teach you all sorts of skills and frameworks. <laughs> and a lot of it is about interacting with other people and, you know, emotional intelligence, psychological safety. But I, I think the future of leadership development and the future of work is going to require companies to, teach leaders more of those skills around like relating to themselves and how do you, how do you really, um, improve at things like emotional regulation, which in the current world with all the uncertainty and all the stress and burnout that we keep hearing about, you know, I think that's really what, um, I'm excited about being able to step in and help out with. Cause I personally, through my own journey and, through my time in, in corporate and in tech, like those are things I had to seek out on my own outside of work. Mm-hmm. Not because the people didn't care about people in those companies, right? Mm-hmm. Like they care about culture. These leaders like are really people centered and, and want people to feel good and, and to have the space to be themselves and to express themselves. But I, I still think there's like more to be done. Um, and it all starts with us. It all starts with us and the relationship we have with ourselves sets the tone for everything. And I think that's especially true, whether you're in a leadership role or not, if you feel that discontent, or if you feel like there's a disconnect, that's an invitation to go within and to really look at what's going on and help you feel more integrated. That's going to, that's going to bring you that confidence. It's not just like, you know, getting rid of imposter syndrome, like it goes much deeper. And that's a lot of what um, I like to help my clients with is like build those new skills and habits to teach them their own process because it looks different for everyone as well. 
Yeah, that's huge because I feel like most coaches will just work on, okay, well, what are your, what are your current problems? You are like digging deep. I mean, it can go all the way back to people's childhood, you know, Um, just the things that were ingrained in us growing up. And, you know, we have, we have these um, certain ways that we believe that things are supposed to be in the way that we're supposed to be. And it's huge and it does affect us in our everyday lives. Yeah, exactly. And I like, I mean, I like to say, you know, it's sort of like you can't separate as much as we would love to do this, but we can't separate our emotions from work, right? Like the things going on in our personal lives, like, and, and we all know this, like you can't, it's really hard to turn that off. Like you can't just show up your, at your job and put your blinders yeah. on. You might be able to do that for like a day or a week, but eventually the weight of that, like, it's really hard to, to do that. And, um, so I think, you know, just like we can't turn off our feelings, like the only, we have to, we have to learn those skills and get better at the balance and, and inquiring within ourselves, like, what do we really want? And, and allow ourselves, give ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling. And, and I think that's such an example for others as well. Mm -hmm. So getting into body image, I feel like that that's so huge for everyone, because I feel that it's not, just one certain type of people feel like everyone, like I would say probably almost every single person I know in my life has some sort of body image issue. And it's just insane to me. I'm like, Oh, we see them and we're like, what, you know, and you know, I know. wish, I wish that we could all see ourselves the way that other people see us. You know, I mean, that's one thing I've always said. I wish that I wish I could see myself the way that other people see me, you know? And we're just for our own worst critic and it's horrible. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so true. And I think like, it's, it's sad when you, when you realize that, because I think a lot of times when we have issues related to our body or our appearance, um, it's easy to think like, it's just us, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's easy to, for that to make us go into that shame mode. And, and I know that's what happened to me is like, you know, I was afraid to talk about this mm-hmm. with different people and kind of hid that part of me. And it's ironic because everyone knew that I was bigger. Like you can't hide your body. So it's like this horrible thing where you feel so ashamed and you don't want to talk about it, but like everyone knows and can see you. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, like to your point, as I got older and older and started, you know, sharing with my friends and started kind of opening up to the closest people in my life. Um, that was one huge turning point for me when I was like, everyone feels this way. It's not just me. Like, and it made me really mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like the most, you know, in my mind, like thin, beautiful people who, who fit, who, you know, it's, yes. And, and I went through that whole phase of like, you know, you try to, you try to like encourage your friends and you're like, oh, I, I would die to look like you, all that stuff. Right. Um, when I was younger, like that was totally my mindset and how I would <laughs> talk to people. But like, that was really a moment where that opened my eyes and it was like, it's not just me. It's not just people who look like me. Mm-hmm. It's every single woman and man, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the Jonah Hill post recently with his daily mail Mm-mm. headline. What was it? Um, so daily mail, the like celebrity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they posted a picture of him. 
I think it was like on a water ski or something in a wetsuit. And then they took, they showed a picture of him shirtless and it was like Jonah Hill, blah, 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 shirtless. And he wrote this caption that was basically saying like, I had never taken off my shirt in front of even my closest friends and family until my mid thirties. And I was like, Oh my God. You know, like, and thinking, and he, he even mentioned in the caption, like the tabloids had been commenting on his body publicly and like shaming him publicly for years and years and years. And so I just think that that is such a wake up call. And, and, you know, again, it was something I learned like through my female friendships, but also, you know, dating and my male friends, like any, every single person, we all have insecurities. We all feel like we're not good enough because we, we see (laughs) what society paints as like the ideal and Mm -hmm it's always changing. So we never feel good enough. And it's just so heartbreaking. And that's something I hope to, um, I, with my podcast, with mm-hmm. everything, I think a lot of our issues and a lot of where we feel discontent and not enough, it, it stems from all these things of all the messages we get of like, you're not good enough because of this You're you know, you don't stack up and you don't measure up to this. And I just think that it's time for us to to get rid of that. It's time for us to move beyond that. I love that you pointed out men because I've read something recently that was saying something about they're just as insecure as women, like if not more, and they just don't, they don't show it. And I think that a lot of us, you know, with men and women, it's those people, they just, they, they seem confident. So you think that they don't have any issues. And then of course there's social media where everybody's perfect and, you know, <laughs> so nobody posts their flaws yeah. <laughs> in there. I mean, who would, you know, <laughs> so we just see all these perfect people around us all the time. And it's just, it's hard to get over if you have your own issues. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard right now too, because you know, we are interacting with people virtually. We're mm-hmm. seeing each other on Zoom. We're seeing people's lives through Instagram. And mm-hmm. to your point, all of that is just a highlight reel. It's mm-hmm. not real life. And with social media, there is such this performative aspect where, and you know, I struggle with this too of like, <laughs> when I look at a picture, if I want to post a picture, you know, I go through that checklist in my head of, okay, do I look, how do I look? Like, do I look thin? Do I not? Like, do I have a double chin? Do I not like what picture (laughs) looks, you know, best, which is usually code for where I look the thinnest. And it's so, it's such an unlearning process. Um, And I know for me, at least like the fact that I can even come on here and talk to you about all this amazing. stuff. Amazing. I love it. You have no, so many, well, you know, cause you have a podcast based around this, but so many people are going to love hearing this. <laughs> it's, I think we need to talk about it because again, it's, it should like, <laughs> it should make you feel some kind of way that we all grow up. Like, and, and one of my favorite, I was just listening to someone talk about this. Of like when we're born as babies, um, I think it was Sonia Renee Taylor in a, in a talk that, um, she did about radical self-love and, um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Cause mm-hmm. I definitely want to plug her book. Yes, <laughs> folks. Yes. I love but, that. um, uh, she was talking about how, like when we're born and when we are 
when we're like a toddler, like no toddler hates their thighs. I think. And I was like, oh, like exactly. Like when we're born, we think everything is miraculous. And we're like, you know, when we were like, wow, we have legs and an arm, like arms and hair and like, that's hilarious. (laughs) We don't approach it with like the shame. And Mm -mm. there's something that happens to us where we just learn to evaluate our worth based on how we compare to other people. And based on the standards that we see propped up as beautiful and as worthy. And really it's actually the best thing we can do is remember what it was like and remember that our worth is that it comes from within ourselves. It's not something we have to prove. We don't need, (laughs) you know, we, we shouldn't be approaching life by just trying to earn and show people how good we are. Mm -hmm. When you can come back to that truth of that, we're already good enough we don't need to do all these things and we don't need to put ourselves through all the pain and, you know, self-harm that we, we do with like restricting ourselves with food and, and over-exercising mm-hmm. and all these things, because we want this outcome and mm-hmm. we want to be loved and we want connection. And, and yeah, it's, it's that, that concept and and her concept of radical self-love is really inspired me to just totally view how I viewed life in a different way. And her book um, is called the body is not an apology. I don't know if you've read it. No, I'm going to have to. It's amazing. It just came out with its second edition in a workbook. And um, I always talk about her book because truly it's one book that completely changed me and (laughs) um, anyone out there, anyone with a body listening, all of us will, would benefit from hearing her words. And, um, she is a fat black woman and that is really the root of the body positivity movement was fat black queer women Mm -hmm. who, uh, started to, you know, just be unashamed about who they were and, and really paved the way for all of us. Um, you know, as a white person, like I am just so grateful for them for opening up this conversation and allowing me to be able to find resources and look to other people who, who help give me that permission to be who I am and to know I'm not just my body. And that doesn't mean all these things that I've thought that it meant about me, you know? I know it's huge. That's so awesome. I'm going to have to read that. I love that. It's so hard to rewire our brains from what we were taught when we were little. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, I don't remember a whole lot of my childhood or whenever, when my insecurity started, I do remember it was really bad in middle school, but you know, I have a daughter, she's six and, um, she doesn't, she hasn't really said anything, but I'm very, I don't ever, anytime I have an insecurity, I'd never really say it out loud. So I've never had to worry about saying anything in front of her. Um, now her little best friend who her mom is my best friend um she does say like comments like oh um I don't know I don't want my hair to look like this or like the other day she had a total meltdown because her mom curled her hair and and she's six mom curled her hair and she thought that her hair had like became uncurled and she was having a total meltdown over it and I'm like, she's six, gosh, you know, like it's just already yeah. setting it in. And they, she makes, I can't recall any of the comments, but she's just like made comments about just the way she looks and caring about what people think. My daughter, I think 
one thing that I can remember that she has said is just that she didn't want anybody to see her boobies on her legs, but I'm like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so she'll wear pants all summer long when it's like a hundred degrees outside, she'll wear pants because of that. And I hope I can only hope it's really because of her boobies, but it's, uh, yeah, it's hilarious. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I feel like it's starting with our, like in today's world, it's starting younger and younger and younger, but, um, another yeah. thing I wanted to kind of bring up was the diet culture, you know, yeah. There's so many diets and, you know, I try not, I uh, don't like knocking anybody's style of eating, but I believe in eating right. healthy and um, eating what your body wants, you know, and not counting calories and not um, limiting yourself to whatever. I mean, if someone wants to do low carb, that's their thing. You know, that's whatever they want to do. I support anybody's decision, but yeah. um, I don't support the stress that it puts on them, <laughs> you know? or overworking out, you know, and yeah. working themselves out until there's nothing left. I feel like that is just, it's sad. It's sad to see. And that's one thing that I try to teach people is to baby step it. Like, don't come in here, balls to the wall, like dieting and then like full on working out, you know, like baby step, let's go for a walk today and let's eat some fruit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think like, you know, there's a difference in how we approach that like eating, moving, all these things are really forms of self-care. And mm-hmm. if we view them as that, and as what are we going to eat today? That's going to make us feel nourished and good and satisfied, um, and energized for whatever we need to do. And, you know, what movement can we do? That's going to make us feel really good. Mm-hmm. And, um, focus it from at least what's worked for me. And I'm not, you know, a nutritionist or a dietitian mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but that's what's helped me sort of shift shift out of viewing it as this means to an end. Because I think that's, that's at least for me, that was the pattern that I was stuck in was like. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people, a lot of people. Know, yeah, like eating in, in a different way. And the, and I was, you know, what's that word when you're, when you're just like not pigeonholed, but like you get tunnel vision. I just yes, had tunnel yeah. vision mm-hmm. on like the outcome is like, I want to lose weight and yep. I want to be skinnier and blah, 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 blah. And, um, dressing yourself out just by that. Yeah. And, and I think like that can be maybe a good just indicator to, to really ask yourself, like, you know, if I worked out and I knew it wasn't going to make me lose weight, would I still do it? Like, <laughs> because yes, do I actually like doing this? <laughs> yes. I always try to tell people, you know, movement is so big, you know, it doesn't even have to be anything major, like do something, at least just get outside if it's sunny and like enjoy the sun and walk around your neighborhood or whatever, go to a park, whatever, yeah. just something that you enjoy. You don't have to yes. run. Like I'm a runner yep. and half the time I enjoy walking, you know? So, I mean, it's just, um, finding, I think that's huge to find what you, what it is that you like. Yep. Yep. And I think, yeah, I think like, uh, with, with diet culture, um, you know, the idea around that is it's a system, it's this multi-billion dollar industry Mm -hmm. that when you look at those, some of the top companies, you know, they're all run by cis white men, like (laughs) all these, all these companies are designed to make us feel bad about ourselves and to make us feel like we must constantly be on a diet or be exercising or, you know, whatever. And they, and what is really kind of, um, interesting to see is that 
I grew up in the nineties and two thousands. And like back then it was, uh, very much like low fat and calorie counting and Weight Watchers. You know, I remember being in middle school, going to Weight Watchers, like this, because, you know, my, you know, my, my parents went to Weight Watchers, like, Mm -hmm. and like you were saying, like, it is such a cultural Mm -hmm. norm where I think so many people just, just are obsessed with it. And they talk about it all the time and it's just part of daily life. And, um, you'll notice, you know, now it's like this wellness culture that's sort of diet culture in disguise. And Mm -hmm. just like I was saying earlier about how beauty standards change every six months to a year, (laughs) um, you know, you can trace those back like all the way to the beginning of the 19th, the 1900s. Like you can see beauty standards evolve over time. Diet culture is also evolving with the times over time as well. And so for me, that is where like this self-love piece, like instead of approaching it from how can, how do I need to change to be acceptable? It's flipping that around and saying, no, I'm already enough. And I want to do things that gel with me and make me feel good because I care about myself. And, and that has been, I mean, that's something I'm still working towards every single day, because trust me, it's, it's not like overnight, all you're thinking, mm-hmm. just, you know, magic, you magically unlearn everything mm-hmm. you've been taught. And, and, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier now because I think we are so isolated. Like I've had a lot of really big shifts this last year, just because I've been in my own space and like mm-hmm. being able to do all this work, but you know, it's not all, it's not, not everyone thinks this way Right, <laughs> right. open to it. So it's, it's, uh, it's a process, but it's, that's like a high level. I think my philosophy on it. And, uh, if you're interested in reading more about diet culture, Christy Harrison, who's a, I think she's a, uh, I want to say she's a nutritionist. She, she is credentialed and she wrote an amazing book. I think she's a dietitian she wrote a book called anti-diet and she traces the diet culture history and it's fascinating. Um, you know, she talks about how BMI is not really an accurate measure. Of I love that so much. I'm going to have to read that. I can't believe it's I, incredible. I, I feel like I have, like, I'm li- that's what I was looking for. I'm like, I thought I had that book, but maybe I don't, <laughs> I need to have it obviously. Cause it sounded like a book I have laying around here. She has a podcast too called um, Food Psych. So that okay. might be a great thing to check out as well. Um, but I I just really appreciate her her take on things as someone who has studied it. And, and right. also, you know, she's not afraid to kind of critique those norms that are harmful and aren't inclusive of everyone. I do love that. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to read this book. I'm really excited <laughs> about this now. Yeah, because I mean, that's the same way I feel like I hate, I will critique someone in a heartbeat, but I also don't, if someone's fully happy with the way that they're eating and they're not stressed out, then that's fine. Like, yeah, it bothers me when people cut out their carbs, but you know, that works for some people. I'm actually going to have someone on the podcast that is a keto um, expert, but um, she does it the healthy way. She does do it. You know, there's people that do it the wrong way. I mean, I don't want to say wrong, but the not good way, the not nutritional way. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just, I just hate tracking. I hate when people track stuff, just 
eat to fuel your body, eat, you know, to give yourself, like you said earlier, to give yourself energy, move your body to what you like. Yep. Yep. And I think, um, I, I've definitely gone through the whole spectrum of like figuring out what works for me. And, um, I think that's a huge part of is, is everything you're saying is like giving people the freedom to do what works for them and not judging them. And I think that's the other thing too, is all these different styles of eating. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that can happen is it's like, and I think we're getting better at this as a culture, but there's still a lot of that. Oh, this works for me. And like, you yes. should do this. And it's my way is better than your way. And it's like, everyone is different. Yeah. And it, also sometimes I have those moments of like, we are all so obsessed with food. Like what would yes. it be like if we just like ate like, right. like normal, you know, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone, there was a quote by someone that was like intuitive eating without diet culture would just be called eating. And it was such a like profound moment in my head of wow, like, oh, that so is true, huge. you know, like we would just eat if we weren't so conditioned to have all these like regimented diets and structure. And it's so much more complicated than just reducing your calories or cutting out carbs. And, and and like you said, it's different for everyone. Everyone's going to have something Mm -hmm. that makes them feel good, but Mm -hmm. there's also, you know, all this research about genetics and, um, environment and all these different things that go into how we look and how we feel in our body. So it's, it just shouldn't be something that we try to box people into. And, and again, like we are a diverse <laughs> species of, of people. Yeah. Like, we can't, if we all look the same, like it's, even if we all ate the same way, yeah. we would not look the same. No, no. So why do we all think, you know, we we're also bought into that. Like it's a myth. It's not true. And it's just designed to keep us trapped in that mentality that we're not good enough. Right. And the way we get better or the way we get, good enough. (laughs) Right. Is thinness. And it's Mm -hmm. just messed up. Not the only way. Yeah. So crazy. Oh, I I know we could go on for hours with this. Is there anything else that you would like to add that you did that we didn't discuss? No, I guess I would just recap the three like resources that I think helped me the most and really brought in my view of, of everything. Um, Mm -hmm. and that is, the Body's Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor, um, Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison and her podcast, Food Psych. And then the last one I haven't mentioned yet um, is it's more of like a historical text. So it's a little academic, um, but it's called Fearing the Black Body. And this is a really amazing book by Dr. Sabrina Strings, who actually researched for her PhD diet culture and, and really how, um, you know, when BMI was starting to become a thing, this was around the time, you know, where like racism was starting to become more of a thing. And, and like it, it, it shows, and it it makes connections between white supremacy and thinness and diet culture. And I just recommend it to everyone because I think we don't talk about these things enough. And, and again, three resources that really have brought in my view and ultimately have helped me come to this place of peace and body acceptance with who I am. And I just couldn't recommend them enough to people listening. That is huge. I mean, that's huge. I'm definitely going to read them. That's amazing. 
Um, what are, you have two podcasts now. What are the yes. names of those? Because I know people are going to want to listen now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first podcast that I started with is called It's Okay to Love Yourself. And um, I have guests on to share their own stories of their self-love journeys and how they, how they learn to love themselves. I talk about my own as well. And then my newest podcast is called The Empowered Leader. And this is more on the leadership side. And it's really for people who don't associate with like the hustle and grind culture, mm-hmm. who value emotional intelligence and creativity and just doing things a new way that puts care and self-love at the center of leadership rather than like achieving and burnout and all these things yes. that have become so normalized. So thank oh, you so much for having me and letting me share so this. Welcome. Do you have um, an Instagram or anything like that? Yeah. Um, so I have a few, <laughs> you, can, you can follow <laughs> me. Um, my coaching Instagram that I'm just getting going is just at look within leadership mm-hmm. and um, the it's okay to love yourself at it's okay to love yourself is for the self-love podcast by those are the two that I'm using primarily right now. <laughs> Perfect. I just wanted uh, people to have a way to contact you if they wanted to. So that works out great. You were so awesome. Gosh, I can't wait to release Thank this you, episode. <laughs> Everyone's going to love it. Oh, you are awesome. And I love what you're doing for this world today. Like it's so needed. So, so, so needed more than people even realize. Well, thank you for the opportunity and inviting me. It's been a pleasure and I'm just grateful to be able to share and share everything I've learned and help hopefully help other people, um, you know, wherever they are in their own, their own journey. Hey everyone. I just wanted to pop back in and tell you, thank you for listening to this episode. If there is anyone in your life that you think might want to hear this episode, please feel free to share it with them. It will only help my podcast grow. If you could also go and hit the subscribe button, you will get notified every single time a new episode is released. Also, if you'd like to go rate and review, if you like the podcast, please feel free to do that and shoot me a message if you do, maybe like a screenshot, and I will send you a small token of my appreciation in return. You can connect with me on Instagram at thriveandshine underscore wellness. I'll also have a Facebook page called Thrive and Shine Wellness. I have a Facebook healthy lifestyle group as well. And the name of that is Thrive and Shine Wellness Healthy Lifestyle Group. I also have a website. It is www.thriveandshinewellness.org. And if you need to reach me, you can either send me a message through social media or you can email me at info at thriveandshinewellness.org.